Dum Dum Away! Zero zero one one zero 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 one zero zero one 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 Welcome to Screen Review Time Warp. I'm Tyson. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Zach. And this is where we talk about the past, present, and future of all things TV and movies. And today we are doing a bit of a catch-up episode. It's been Correct. a while. It has. Um, and there's some there's some big movie coming out real soon, apparently. I don't know what it is. Two so, um, time. That will be, is it? That'll be happening soon. Um, but we're doing a bit of a catch-up episode. Um, we're going to be covering three major releases that yes. we have uh, missed. That well, be kind of. One, two, three. Um, and we're going to start off in the, quote, past. It's the eldest of the three. Came out the 28th of March here in Australia. And we are talking about Jordan Peele's um, follow-up to his critical success of... Um, I've already forgotten the name of it. Get Damn. out. Thank you. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> no, that was an instruction for me to leave. Um, no, we are talking about us, or actually more to the point, Zach is going to talk about us because... Yeah. We have not... Andrew had and a- I didn't get around to watching it. Because <laughs> you both didn't see it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> After all, I sent you guys so many texts as well like, I know. to make sure you guys see us. I was going. I had all the genuine plans to. But. It's just life is annoying and busy. <laughs> so, Jordan Peele's um, follow up, Us, it was, as I said, it was released on the 28th of March 2019. He wrote and directed it, uh, starring Lupita Nyongo, uh, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, and some others as well. It is about what, Zach? According mm. to IMDb, also, I'm somehow sick for the second episode in a row, so apologies for my nasally voice. Mm. Um, a family's serene beach vacation turns to chaos when their doppelgangers appear and begin to terrorise them. Now, I'll take the I'll take the lead, I'll take the wheel. Mm. Um, take the wheel. <laughs> exactly. This <laughs> film, I've seen it twice in the cinemas. Um, the first time I watched this, I, my expectations were definitely subverted as to what I thought I was getting. I enjoyed the film a lot more the second time around. Um, that how, being, how were they subverted? So I went into this with the mindset of Jordan Peele's made Get Out prior to this, and that was such a, as he put it, a documentary on, on race, on politics, on social class. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, all right, what is... What us is going to be, you know, some other commentary about something else. Yeah. Um. But upon watching the film, I'm like, no, the, he wasn't really striving to make this one a, as much as a documentary as he puts it as Get Out was. Yeah. This is more of just a straight horror film, okay. thrill, thriller film, and him just having a lot of fun with that. Essentially, now yeah. this film, it still centers on, you know, themes of duality, what we perceive as to be the enemy, what we perceive is to be friendly, like how do we deal with duality within ourselves, but also with other people as well. Um, like what classifies us as good as evil, and it's explored to a good extent as well. Um, but overall, this movie, man, is, is is a very, very good follow-up to get out. Sweet. Upon my conclusions. Yeah. Interesting. So far more horror oh, and less, yeah. less commentary or... There's still commentary here, but yeah. nowhere near to the degree that Get Out was as well. Yeah. Okay, so... But in terms of horror as well, I still really don't kind of... Clear. Here, here's what it is in terms of horror. It is very much akin and it pays homage, in my opinion, to the horror films of old. You think of Halloween, you think of Friday the 13th. The horror movies that were built on the foundation of 
it's just an extremely tense atmosphere throughout the entire yeah. film. There's no really cheap jump scares every, you know, 10 minutes. There's no, there's gore in this movie, but, you know, it's not very, well, it kind of is over the top, but it's not, it's very stylized. <laughs> it's not like yeah. it's some torture porn movie like Saw or anything like that. Yeah. yeah gotcha. um, so it's very much akin to that type of horror. Um, I think there's only like one jump scare in the entire movie. But, it's a very but, suspenseful thriller. Yeah. 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 Sweet. Man, this movie's tense up the whole entire time. <laughs> no, I it I kid it to Halloween, the original Halloween, because that movie okay. that movie was tense, man. Yeah, like the amount of suspense that um, John Carpenter created throughout that film with a l- minimal lack of jump scares and just smart cinematography mm. with stuff moving maybe out of focus within the frame or yeah. stuff that's not um, centered as well. It's yeah. John Pill uses to a very good degree. You can see this man knows his horror. And he, he's really creating a really cool new ground for yeah. modern mainstream horror as well. Sweet. I just find it interesting because he's like the funny guy. And so oh, yeah. to then have him come along and be like, here's a very, or well, here's two very serious movies that look at like the idea of self and what makes us mm. who we are. But it's, it's very, like- they're very funny, both of them actually. They do have their moments of, of levity. Mm. Yeah. As okay. all movies do nowadays, just trying to be Marvel. Um, but yeah, he's still. <laughs> Yeah. Um, shout out to Lupita Nyong'o, who's fantastic in this film. She is phenomenal, both as um, Red and Adelaide. So the two doppelgangers, the real person, the real one. Yeah, because each, one each person makes is playing two parts, yes. aren't they? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there's the whole, as as you mentioned, the blurb. Yeah. There's a the family, and they have a doppelganger family, um, except they don't talk like humans. They don't really kind of move like humans at all. They're just very much these doppelgangers that are just from nowhere, which yeah. obviously gets explained, but I'm not going to say that now. Oh, yeah. I kind of want to know <laughs> because- Do you want to know? I'll spoil it if you want me to. Look, I do want you to spoil it because my my thing is like, I just, I've said this before, I just don't like horror. I really don't. And mm. part of it is what we were talking about, Zach. Um, we were looking at a trailer just the other night and it was for- I've actually found out it's got two names. So, here in Australia, it's called The Curse of the Weeping Woman, but oh, everywhere else one, in the yeah, world, it's called La The Curse of La Lorna or something yeah. like that. Um, anyway, no interest because it's just like, how can we just manipulate the atmosphere and the sound and then like blast something at 100 oh, decibels even, to, yeah, just jumps to really yeah. just kind of be like, boo. Yeah. Actually, I will spoil it because there's some so, yeah, uh, the, so, the issues I have with the film are related spoilers. Sorry. You, you have issues? Sorry, yawning. Um, you do have some issues? Oh, there's just something to point out that you kind of have to gloss over. But okay. I feel like this is why when I first saw it, I was a bit kind of like, what the okay. Yeah. Or not what the hell. I was kind of like, okay. Okay, okay let's let's go see this again. Oops, sorry. Yep. Um, think of this movie as like, an episode of the Twilight Zone. It's yep. very self-contained. The plot itself is very... You kind of got to think of it in that type of bubble. Like, yep. this is just the reality and this is just how it is, exactly. Hmm. So, the film opens with a bunch of written text um, saying how about, I don't know, like, in the 18th or 19th century or whatever, there was a, there's a bunch of tunnels that were built under America um, f- and we have no idea if they still exist or as to why they were even built. Okay. Um, the doppelganger, as you find out through the film, everyone in the entire world has a doppelganger. And so there's this one night where all the doppelgangers go out and are essentially looking to take over, um, take over the entire world and go move up because they're actually, they've been living in these tunnels, essentially. Okay. Reason being how they got there, the government in about the 60s was running experiments on how to clone people yep. to try and control them, gotcha. um, try and use the people 
arm down to control the ones up as puppets. Yeah. But that went awry. Um, and so essentially there's a soul connecting. There's a, So the people are connected consciously, but there's a disconnect of the soul from the people down. So uh, yeah. that's why they move weirdly. They don't talk. They've got these weird kind of clicks and these weird, very expressive movements because they don't kind of have their own language. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> well, I've probably, I've yeah. done a bit. Of, yeah. So yeah. It, it is very much like, and look, Red is the, Red, Lippin' Yongo's doppelganger is leading this charge um, because what happened is at the start of the film, young Adelaide, um, she wanders off. She's at this carnival where the movie's set in Santa Monica. Um, Wasn't it set excuse in me. Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz, my bad. Yeah. Santa, Santa Cruz. She wanders into this kind of mystery, kind of forest, kind of vibey, like this mirror space. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sees, so Adelaide sees herself. And what happens is she, um, Red wants to go up to the surface world with Adelaide, but Adelaide just gets on out of there and sprints as fast as she can and mm. leaves her. And she's like, oh, I want to go up back up there. Why do you guys get to live up here while I have to live down here where all I have to eat is rabbit and I can never feel the warmth of the sun whilst mm. you, your toys are soft and plushy. My toys are so sharp that they cut my fingers when I play with them and type of that stuff. Yeah, really right. good monologue written as well. Um, the end of the film, though, it's very interesting. So once Red and Adelaide have a bit of a fight, essentially, um, Adelaide ends up killing Red, um, goes up and uh, goes up and finds her family and stuff like that. The family's all safe. They're all, they're all chill. They're fine. They essentially end up driving off into the distance. Um, but then it's revealed through a flashback that um, Adelaide is actually... Red. Yeah. From the so bottom. They, they swapped when they, they were swapped. So what happened is she sh- strangled... Um, Strangled Adelaide, knocked her out. That's why um, Red or Adelaide has a really raspy voice. Yeah. Um, the doppelganger has one because she's obviously, you know, choked her wimp yeah. or crushed her wimp pipe or yeah. whatever. They've swapped and it was actually a revenge plan to kind of get back up there. Yeah. And they have this, um, it's cool because at the start, she's watching this Hands Across America commercial. Yeah. Um, and that's what all of the doppelgangers seek to do is they all are holding each other's hands all along America because that's what she views as the most patriotic thing to be American. She even says in the film, you know, we're true Americans. And if you look at the title, Us Being US, yeah. it's very much that kind of stance on this is the most American thing we believe to do. So this is what's going to be our kind of stance on it as well. Yeah. So it's very that part of it is very interesting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my, in a nutshell, the reason I have a problem with that is that you do just, there's a lot of kind of just lapse in continuity throughout this plot okay. and you'll, okay. you'll notice it when you kind of go and watch it I've kind of butchered it there yeah. but there's <laughs> like just dumb like dumb stuff like it, okay well if they're connected but there's no soul connected to them how did she do this and do that but there's also there's a lot of really good details that um you're able to pick out on second viewing that it is actually Red who swapped the reverse yeah yeah. Um, through some flashbacks through dancing and how you know oh I only you know I don't really I'm not able to speak well with strangers, you know. I don't really. I'm not good at this whole conversation thing because yeah. you grew up down in the sewers. Um, yeah. Or oh, you know, weren't you supposed to be a really good dancer? Oh no, I picked that. You know, when I was fourteen, because you're from the bottom. But yeah. when you swapped, the reason that they chose Red to lead this kind of resurgence is because they wowed her with her precision and her accuracy, which she learned from up top. Gotcha. So it's a lot. I've, I like to think of it like a Twilight Zone episode. Like it's very self-contained. There's yeah. certain things you just have to kind of say Ex- yes to accept and yeah. accept but in saying that there are some 
gaps in continuity, yeah. which is my only problem really with the film. Some pacing issues as well here and there, but what film doesn't have pacing issues? Yeah. yeah. So, but these kind of like this premise and this setup is not like once you kind of accept that, it's yeah. it's good because th- this oh, is actually yeah, one yeah. thing that, that I find a bit frustrating is like, because people say, you know, they watch like a Star Wars or a Marvel and that and they're like, I can't believe in this. And you're like, wait, hang on. You, you like, you are, you're okay with this entire premise that's like hmm. fantasy magic or, you know, clones under the earth or whatever that. But then you have the nitpicking of like, no one would ever pour their glass of water that way or no, something like that. I think- which, which obviously you're saying this doesn't have. Yeah, it's, no, it's still good regardless. I think coming yeah. off the back of Get Out though, I feel that was so rooted. I mean, maybe- you know, the main subject wasn't rooted in realism, but the whole film was rooted in this commentary of race and, and you know, of culture and society. Coming yeah. off the back of that, where it's a lot more kind of centered towards, like, this is a horror movie. This is this is an exercise in escapism, right? Like, you yeah. go and you accept this and that is that. I think yeah. from that point of view. But you can still enjoy this film regardless, and it's still super tense. But again, if you just have to accept certain things, which, you know, you do as you watch the movie, you're like, you know what? Okay, I can buy into this. Yeah. Every time I watch a Fast and Furious movie, I'm like, okay, this not going to make any sense, but yeah. I'm going to buy into it and <laughs> eat my popcorn while I yeah. watch the rock, you know, of you course know they punch drive, people through buildings. Yeah. Of course they can drive cars this way and they still drive perfectly. Up yeah. The yeah. Building. And they'll just wipe off entire backstory by saying, I had a past before I met you yeah. guys. <laughs> But the film's very good. The film is very, very, very good. I'll Do you think it's going to be Oscar-worthy? Probably not. Lupita Nyong'o should get a nomination for her performance. She's yeah. phenomenal as Red with her voice, her mannerisms. It is truly, truly haunting. Um, even her work as Adelaide as well is is really, really good. But not Jordan Peele with his directing and writing? You I don't, don't reckon think so. No, okay. I don't think so. Not this time? Just, not, it's not just not time. as standout as Get Out was? No, nah, not as okay. standout. It's still a great horror film. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. miles and miles above the horror films that yeah. we are now producing as a society, yeah. with exceptions to, you know. Do you think this is why he got the tap for the new Twilight Zone TV series? Well, he's obviously, he's executive producing it, but he's also presenting it. Yeah. I think Get Out is why he did that. Yeah. But he's not... A part of that, any creative way, the Twilight okay. Zone. He's literally just the. Oh, he's not. He hasn't written any episodes for it or anything. Nah, nothing. Interesting. No, it's just a producer. That's well, crazy. It's not critically acclaimed. Um, <laughs> nothing bad on the writer's part, but um, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's my thoughts on us. I really enjoyed it. You should go see it. It's extremely tense. Um, it's such a good kind of tense atmosphere. It's funny, has moments, but it's also very smart. But if you listen all the way in, I'll probably spoil the entire film for you as well. So, But I did put up a spoiler warning. Yep, that's I true. Think, I think. Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah, that's my thoughts okay. on us. So there you go. That's us. That's Jordan Peele's new movie. Interesting. I, mm, yeah. Mm, interesting, interesting. Well done, Jordan. Good on you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you guys on first name basis now? <laughs> yeah, always. Okay. Yeah, like all right. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh... The next movie that came out is uh, DC's arguably second most successful movie. Shazam! Shazam! Which they couldn't call Captain Marvel because we've already got one of those in Marvel and they were released too close together. Uh, And people would get confused. I don't think he's even called Captain Marvel. Nah, he got rebranded Shazam in the New 52. Oh, New 52. (laughs) That doesn't count. Hey, that was there was nothing wrong with the new 52. I, oh, actually, some, of, I, some of it was okay. I, the Batman stuff was pretty good. That's true. Well, well that is true. Yeah. Okay, yeah. comics aside, um, Shazam uh, is the story of uh, young Billy Batson, Billy Batson. who uh, 
is imbued with the power of the wizard, Shazam, and becomes, whenever he invokes this power, he becomes Captain Marvel slash Shazam. Shazam. Um, and the biggest kind of distinction of this is that Billy Batson is only 15 years old, whereas Shazam is... An adult. An adult. Yeah. So, played by Zachary Levi um, as the main character. And oh, I've forgotten all the... Uh, Mark Strong as the main antagonist. Um, Billy Batson was played Asha by Asher Angel. Angel. And then a host of other... Dylan Jack Grazer. Dylan Jack Grazer. Jack Dylan Grazer. Dylan Jack, Jack oh, Dylan Grazer. Jack Dylan Grazer is um, Billy Batson's best friend. Mm. Yep. And you also have Demonji Houston as the wizard Shazam. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Okay, so... Overall thoughts? On a scale of 1 to 10, can't you 7? Can't you 7? Scale of 1 to 10, what would you give it? 6. Interesting. I would give it an 8. I would give it a very, very strong 6. Interesting. Okay. Mm. Which so... A very strong 6. Why lower? For me? Yeah. Um, as we said the other week when we were having a chitty chat, Mm -hmm. um... The movie was a little bit lengthy for my liking. It does come in at two hours and 12 minutes. Yeah. And um, I didn't buy Billy Batson as a kid and then him as Shazam. I felt it was two completely different people. Him as Shazam was very funny, upbeat, freaking out what was going on. But when he was a kid, it was all, oh, I'm all alone. I have no parents. I don't want to be here. It was very droney. Where yeah. I just, I didn't get the correlation, but the kid who played his best friend, who is... Jack Dylan Grazer. He, he was an it as well. Yeah. Him, he would have probably been a better Billy Batson, if you ask me. That performance he gave was what the Shazam was, that, if that makes sense. Oh, see, I'm going gonna, gonna to rebut that. Yeah, um, okay. I give it a strong six. I think it's a very enjoyable movie. And a oh, good... no, don't give me... I did enjoy it. Oh, yeah, of course, That's... yeah. Um, I think Zachary Levi was born to play Shazam. He plays him perfectly. I think yeah. the correlation between Billy Batson and Sajam was actually executed very well. Because if you think about it, this movie very much is rooted in the idea of what would happen if a 15-year-old has powers. And it explores yeah. that very well. Yeah. But to the fact that I think when if you just all of a sudden become this being that has superpowers, you're going to be loving life, right? You're going to be cracking jokes like, yeah. this is amazing. But then when you get brought back down to sea level and you're just a 15-year-old kid, mm. you hit with the reality that you're an orphan, yeah. your parents don't want you, mm. you're scrounging around. I think that's why, you know, he's so maybe a bit mopey and sad. But he does, for me, have those hints of that kind of cockiness and that mm. that wit, you know, when he's beating up the bullies and he's like, oh, sorry about that. Mm. This feels so good. Or when he's talking like, I want to fly this conversation. I think there's still hints of that. Um, but that's my reasoning, I feel mm. like, anyway. Yeah. I, I, tend, I think I tend to agree with Andrew. Like, I get that he's, like, even, even let's take, like, so I could fly away from this conversation or, or like, oh, sorry about that when he's beating them up. Like the, like the words are there, but the tone and the feel is mm. different. Yeah. Because he's, yeah, because Zachary, Le- like Zachary Levi. When he's Zachary Drew. Levi, he's, he is really funny. That was, Those were the best parts for me. But when he yeah. was a kid, like he could still be that funny. He didn't need to be that. Yeah, mopey. you're right. There, there is a bit of a disconnect. Yeah. But um, that, that is my personal opinion. I felt that's what took me out of it. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the movie was directed by David F. Sandberg. It was written by Henry Gaden and Darren Lemke. Also did the story as well. Um, generally, what I'm hearing kind of around the place is that people like this. People it's like fun. it because it's fun, and I think um, they're going. Oh, DC might have something that they could actually work with here if it's um, 
you know, if they don't have all this serious tones and everything and they take it a bit more lighter. Mm. What do you think about that idea moving forward? Like, do you think this is what DC should be doing? Like, I think DC just let their directors doing what mm. they want to do and not putting a, setting a bunch of rules for them to follow. Like, yeah. I feel like just let your creators mm. create. Like, humour is a natural byproduct of us as humans, right? Like, we all like to be funny. Yeah. I don't think we need to make every DC movie, you know, be quirky and be quippy. Mm. Just have some sort of form of levity in your film and some sort of, yeah. you know, lighthearted. Like, you look at Wonder Woman, that film's not particularly quippy or anything like that. Yeah. But it still works because Patty Jenkins was given the creative freedom to do yeah. what she wanted to do. Yeah. Um. So, as long as Warner Brothers just don't, you know... Justice League must be two hours and you can't do this, you can't do that. The yeah. scripts must be this for Batman v Superman. I mm. think we're we're good and we have a good, you know, future mm. for what we want to achieve. I think it also depends on the character as well. Yeah. Like Shazam, like you said, it's a fifteen year old kid, so it's gotta be funny, it's gotta be lighthearted, it can't be dark and gritty. But then obviously if you have Batman, it has to be dark and gritty and not as quippy, but a few one liners that are kinda funny. Then you have Superman. It's meant to be filled with hope and bright colors and and joy and all of that. And then, one, like you said, Wonder Woman. It's mm. it. That's a perfect depiction of that character for that mm. movie. Yeah. Except for the whole destroying of the world thing later on in the movie. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, and but then, like Aquaman, it's all about the water and and him having to deal with being a king. And it, like, mm. it depends on the character. And if you like, you said if they keep giving him the creative reign mm. to do what they Lost. want, these directors, yeah, yeah. then it should be fine. True. And Shazam can keep going forward with this because this can only get better as he gets older. Sure. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I'm... I don't know. I liked that this was kind of a... Because another thing they do with this... Well, actually, I think this is a very, like, stock standard mm. superhero movie origin mm-hmm. story. Like, I think there is nothing particularly outstanding about this mm. except for the fact that we haven't seen Shazam before and Zachary Levi is really good as yeah. Shazam. Not only funny, but nails the amount of like this movie has good heart to it as well. Yeah, yeah like yeah. the main themes about family and this. I love how he's in this kind of this orphanage home and he's at grips with not wanting to become part of that family because he'd be yeah. burnt so badly as well. Yeah, like it's not explored to you know a nolan extent, but it's it's no. explored well enough. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's very very good. But like, there's no. There's nothing real standout about it. Like, it's not like, oh, the way that this scene is or this, like, it's not shot particularly, um, mm. like, it's not shot badly. It's just, there's nothing new or interesting in this. Mm. And it's it's just kind of like this new um, element to the DC universe yeah. they're bringing yes. in of, like, magic. Um, I think that's what sets it apart as well. The fact that it's a DC movie with a bit, with quite a bit of levity. Yes. And again, we haven't seen this character before as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think, though? So... Okay, sp- I'm going to spoil a bit of it. Yeah. Because- uh, Spoilers. Yep, because there there's one thing that happens and I want to kind of chat about that, but it's- Yeah. Anyway, you've now had enough time to pause it if you <laughs> haven't seen it yet. Um, okay, what do you think about them trying to tie it into the DC universe? Because I, because I think oh, that like that final scene- eggs, or- Well, not, e- not only the Easter eggs, but the final scene of like he comes in and he, like Freddy's- Sitting at the table and mm. all his family come My along and then friend, yeah yeah and then um Zachary Leo and Shazam rocks up he's like oh Freddy he's taught me everything about being a dope superhero and I brought a friend of mine and you obviously it's not actually Henry Cavill but Superman is there mm. 
which implies to me that they are making that connection that Shazam and Superman know each other. Yeah. And so, what do you think? Like, do you think this is a working idea I, moving forwards? I think a lot of things were done before people said they were leaving and... So, yeah. He wasn't... He hasn't left. The reason he didn't shoot the scene is because he had scheduling conflicts with Mission Impossible reshoots. I mean, but he's not coming back as Superman, though, is he? Well, I don't... Nothing's officially been said or yeah. stated by See, any See, I like agent. him as Superman. No, so I, do I. I, I think I he's hope a he great does come Superman. Back. Just like I thought Ben Affleck was a great Batman as well. Yeah, he, he surprised me. Yeah. Right, what was your point, Andrew? Go on. We'll just leave it. <laughs> but, well, like... Do you think DC should... Because that, that, to me, seemed very deliberate. Like, and then, mm. then even the, like, the credits cartoon yeah. that has, like, Superman and The Flash and Batman and yeah. Wonder I, Woman and they're all in there. Like, it, yeah. to me, goes... It, to me, that's DC going, oh, we're all still here. Mm. Like, we're all still... Yeah. It was their kind of, like, Nick Fury of, like, let me talk to you about the Avengers. They're like, we're not going to say it explicitly because we have had that come and bite no, us. Yeah. But... Well, I think yeah. the amount of shambles that it's in right now, and I really haven't... Like, the the slate of movies coming out is, I think, a little bit unclear at this moment. Like, yeah. yeah. We've had so many reports of this is in development, this is getting a script written, but it's not. It's just yeah. like, I feel like for them to kind of put out there, like, oh, remember Wonder Woman's and Batman even is still a part of our universe and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I think it's something that has to be done. Um, but I feel like as well, um, the main... Some what the, the new Kevin Feige, I can't remember his name, of DC has said he wants to focus on these singular character pieces before they, which is good, root to another Justice League or yeah. whatever it may be, which, which is, is what we said all did. along. Yes, yes. or no, that's right, it's, it's what Marvel, Marvel did. did, yeah, and yeah. what they should have done all along. But yeah. we've all it's yeah. actually what DC used to do really well. Mm. Like, if you think about like they spent a lot of time with like this is Superman mm-hmm. done, and then this was the Chris Nolan Batman trilogy and yeah. done. And, you know, they did. They had some really good singular pieces. It's only when Marvel connected things that they were suddenly like, oh, <laughs> let's relaunch everything and connect yeah. it as quick as we can. And that's where I think we had issues. issues. Um, I do want to talk quickly, though, Zach. You yeah. brought up something that I th- actually didn't twig on and yes. I think it's quite interesting. You said, like, oh, Shazam is a look at how a 15-year-old would cope if they were suddenly given superpowers, which is exactly what Spider-Man is. <laughs> yeah. True, and this film has a very, very much commits to this kind of campy feel as well. Mm, yeah. I feel like it takes a look. There's two different parallels of a character here. You have Peter Parker, who's very much a nerd. He is very quiet. He's an introvert. You look at someone like Billy Batson, who in the film, when he gets his powers, um, does kind of typical teenager things they go and they try and get alcohol illegally um, can I just say that yeah. scene is brilliant where they're out there and they're like aha no. we got it and they drank it like that actually tastes like vomit yeah. and then they come back out with all like chips and, like, and stuff like yeah, that yeah, Red yeah, Bulls yeah. and everything I um, thought that was brilliant I thought they, it was so good you know they go out and they try to discover can I fly can I bend stuff what happens if I set myself on fire but then <laughs> as a result of that it becomes a bit of a jerk because he becomes really up himself oh I can all of a sudden get you know over you know what's the word electrocute over electrocute like an ATM and get all oh, his money oh yes and he be- starts to become quite big headed in that response in that or in that retrospect so I feel like there's two different parallels or two different characters or two different personalities you're exploring mm. versus Spider-Man Spider-Man Peter Parker is like such you know, he's like the most innocent person in the world he's so 
nice and humble. He's, you know, such a nerd. He's such a yeah. stay at home. He's I'll nice do everything guy. right. Exactly. Yeah. He's such a nice guy. But Billy Batson, he you know he's this streetwise. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He's streetwise. He. I don't know my parents, but I you know I, I feel really, like I've survived on my own. Exactly. But, yeah. I feel like Peter Parker's very 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 short stint of like going to the wrestling match <laughs> mm. and then his Uncle Ben being killed, which happens in like a tiny space of time, is like what this entire movie was. Yeah. yeah. But of like the I am going through this whole progression of like I have powers, I've worked them out, now I'm going to do stuff for me and then mm. I've realised, no way, actually it's all about family yeah. and that's the whole movie, which is still great. Like, yeah, I think it's, still it's still great. Good. Like, you make a good point though. Yeah. yeah. But super, uh, Superman. Spider-Man doesn't change where Billy Batson changes into an adult. So it's a different dynamic yeah. as well. Yeah, true. You know? Spider-Man's also on the eve of graduating high school and going to college. Yeah. Billy Batson's still he's, in middle school, bro. Yeah, yeah, bro. Um, I also think it's an interesting take they've done. This is the last thing I want to say and then we can move on. How, because Shazam <laughs> is, Shazam was originally created by a rival company that DC then bought out mm. as a direct copy of Superman. Okay. And yeah. I think it's interesting how they've gone Let's take someone who is basically really powered and basically has all of Superman's powers, like yes and no, um, and really absurd, like origin story, like the wizard Shazam, and you turn into an adult with a really crazy looking outfit. Yeah. Like- With the power, you know, like the speed of, what's it, like Achilles and like the, the spirit the of Greek Athena gods, and yeah. The, yeah, the strength yeah. of Hercules. And- Look, yeah. I loved the suit. I thought the suit was pitch perfect. Oh, there I, wasn't I, much changes from but the But it is book. ridiculous. Yeah, of course yeah. it is. All the outfits are <laughs> but ridiculous. That's the, yeah. that's the vibe the movie's going for. It's very yeah. campy. Yeah. It's very that, kin. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, instead of going, let's change it. So, like, for instance, with Superman, they make him, like, you know, it's the first one where he didn't have underwear on the outside and they've given that steel-looking suit. Yeah. It's all very everything like that. Whereas this one, they go, let's keep it exactly the same. Yeah. And let's just acknowledge from the word go that this is all a bit ridiculous and that's yeah. the theme we're going with. Which I think, as we've all said, I think it works really well. Mm. Um. It's just interesting because he is normally such a strong, serious character. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. 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 I was surprised that much as they marketed this as a family film, how there was those kind of darker elements to this film as well. Yeah, there was a few darker. Particularly with the villain as well. What did you think of Mark Strong? Um, didn't Mark's, mind him. Mark Strong is just a great villain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's having a lot of fun though as yeah. well. With this yeah. Role. I'd like to see him not be a villain. Like I loved him in um, Green Lantern. Not Green Lantern. Um, <laughs> Sinestro. No. Uh, the role that set him apart. No. Oh, what are they? Kingsman. Oh. That's it. Yeah, I loved, I loved him. I loved him in Kingsman. Me home. Yeah. yeah. You know, he just he wasn't sinister. He was just fun. Go mm. with. Yeah. You know, yeah. just a fun guy. No, I think as well. Shout out to David F. Sandberg. This the guy's from Sweden. Mm. Um, but he's also he has only done two films to his name before wow. this, That's good. and they're both horror films. Oh wow! Um, Lights Out and Annabelle Creation, but they, they were actually mm. somewhat generally received. Yeah, but before that, he was just doing a whole lot of indie stuff. So I think, yeah. but like the creatures in this movie were pretty mm. freaky and scary. They were, which is that, where the elements yeah. come from, I think, as well. Yeah, which yeah is it was good. good. Um, and who's the kid from the OC? Oh, Adam. Oh, that's what oh, I guess we're only smaller territory. Adam oh, Brody. Yeah. yeah. Well, I won't. But it was good to have him in mm. a DC movie because he was meant to be the original Barry Allen in George Miller's Justice League. And then is it DJ Catrona? Is that his name? Not sure. Uh, let me look it up. He was also supposed to. Yeah, DJ um, Catrona. Catrona. He's also in this movie. He was supposed to be 
um, Superman in yeah. the same movie with yeah. George Miller. Yeah, well, it's good to see that they got to do a bit of DC roots. Mm. Interesting. Yes, so, I had no because idea they that. committed. Oh, I'll just go out and say it so we can go discuss on. it. Um, obviously, at the end, what happens is Billy Batson essentially um, makes all of his um, kind of foster. adopted, yeah, yeah, foster kind of brothers and sisters all get his powers, but yeah. they'll individually have a power. So mm. one of them is just super strong. One of them has lightning. One of them is really quick. Um, but essentially all of the family now, when they say Shazam, transforms into these super adult versions of themselves, yep. which is what the new 52 version of Shazam, yep. written by Jeff Johns, brought in. Yeah. Um, I thought for sure they were saving that for a sequel, but mm. they brought it out here, which I thought was I loved very the, interesting. the Shazam in the Flashpoint, yep. where all the kids had to be together and say the word, and they made one person as yeah. opposed to seven different people. True, 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 true. So it was good to see them actually do it pretty awesome no but i feel like yeah props them for making this decision yeah and going for it especially in the first movie as exactly, well they could have right? saved it for the second no, one. No, exactly yeah so it was good yeah nice nice good decision making mm. but they can branch off into so many directions oh yeah because this movie is making money i think yeah so well i think the next one they want to do is black adam yeah his origin the story. yeah ah, yeah because right. um i was just reading then they originally were going to do that in this movie as as, mm. as in The Rock as the villain? Mm. I don't know if... It, well, there's a lot of talk of Dwayne Johnson being Black Adam, yeah. Um, I but don't the, know if you noticed in the movie they did talk about the last champion. Yeah, he does. He mentions him. Did something said, wrong to let these creatures out. Whatever which is it was. Black Adam. Yeah, yeah and it looked like The Rock. It, yeah, it, all, the, I think the, like it's confirmed that that was Black Adam. Yeah. In the mythology, yeah. at least. So I think what they want to do is they want to spend this movie doing an origin story of Billy Batson slash Shazam. Yeah. And the next one is going to be focusing on basically the origin of... Black, Black Adam. Adam, and then and I would we'll say he'd film be the, yeah, with the, the Rock. I know the Rock does, did meet best. with Henry Cavill himself to discuss. Interesting DC. Interesting, stuff. nice. All right. So, well, um, anything else to say on Shazam? No, it was no. good. It was good. Like, yeah, I, it like was the only reason I'm good. giving it a six yeah. is because I can't give it a seven. Same here. So, <laughs> and I just, it's oh, not worthy of an eight. Uh, that's yeah. I remember that strongly, Andrew. Yeah. Um. Well. I don't oh, know about you we guys. Go. I went. And sh- I went and saw Shazam as a palate cleanser after I saw <laughs> this next one that we are talking about. Um, I have mentioned it previously on this podcast. I have We've said, all mentioned it. Yeah, I've said I really like these stories. I like the books. I like the originals. And we were looking forward to it. We were really looking forward to it. Thought it looked really good. And then we went and sat down and watched the new remake of Hellboy. What rating did you give it, Tyson? What did I give Aquaman uh, back in the day? I think you have a two, did you? All right, then I'll give this one a three, only because I can't give it a 2.1. What? Wow. No, Is surely it's not better than Aquaman. You can't oh, be saying okay. that. 100% it's better than Aquaman, because Aquaman no. was trash. No, no. no. I rewatched Aquaman the other day, and I didn't mind it. You I can't. didn't mind it. You are wrong. I will um, never no, watch no, this I can, I can tell you exactly why. Because there are still elements of Hellboy, oh, of course. like that I did when, oh yeah, I recognize that, and I like, like you know, I like mm. how they interpreted that. The movie itself was trash, and we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, but I, but there was like nothing in Aquaman that I liked. You didn't even like that he had the proper trident, the proper outfit, and he was all like, what about Nicole Kidman, an Australian actress? Who gives that? <laughs> with her, I'm sorry, Nicole Kidman with her drunk girl run across the jetty with her legs like flying off to the side. Uh, and again, let's point out that there were two female characters in all of Aquaman. No, sorry, Aquaman, I genuinely think was horrible. And I think Hellboy was 
horrible, but mm. I would watch Hellboy over. If there was a choice and it's like, you have to watch one of these, Hellboy would be the one that I'd pick. Yeah, okay. Wow. Oh dear. Wow. So, what would you give this movie, this piece of cinematic? <sighs> I'll tell you what another article called this later. History. What would you give it? Me? Yep. One. 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 Zach? I would give it a two purely because the only redeemable factor of this movie and what is wasted is David Harper as Hellboy. Yeah. I, I agree with he that, but excellent. it's still a one. He is very, very good as Hellboy. He is excellent. Mm. And I also think there's... Um, also, the, the makeup and special effects for Hellboy are fantastic. Yeah. Mm. So, there's something that people say before. It's like, you know, oh, you know, um, can't think of his name now. Playing Winston Churchill... And um, Gary thank you. And Christian Bale playing. Um, what's his? Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. Thank you. You know that's acting through prosthetics, and it's yeah. like the only thing, the only reason you think they're acting really well is because there's prosthetics of them. Yeah. I do think David Harbour, even though he's covered in prosthetics in this, yeah. I do think that he's actually acting really well. He's got a he's playing this character very well. well yeah, his version of Hellboy is w- what it should be. You know, he's just like, I don't know who I am, don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of winging all of this because I can because I'm powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And he's funny while he does it. Yeah. But he's yeah. No, he's given a trash script to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so well, let- was was it trash? Yes. Oh true. Like yep. it could have been done a lot better. The storyline made sense. Yeah, again, I guess we'll get into this, open this can of worms. Okay, so for those that don't know, Hellboy is the story of a demon that was summoned to Earth during or at the end of the Second World War by the Nazis. And instead of destroying said demon, the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense was formed and they basically um, took Hellboy in. So one of their, uh, I think he was the leader of it for a while, um, Professor Broom. Um, he basically becomes Hellboy's surrogate father, for want of a better word, yep. and raises him to fight the forces of evil yeah. instead of being one of them. Mm. Um, so, I'll, just, I'll mention the credits. Yep. It was directed by Neil Marshall, who's directed The Descent, which is quite a good horror film, and also mm. um, directed Doomsday and Dog Soldiers. It was written by a man called Andrew Cosby. What has he done? Okay, so Andrew Cosby was the creator of Eureka, which is a phenomenally good... Um, sci-fi show. It was an American sci-fi show. Brilliant. It was so well done. And so when I found out that he was writing Hellboy, I was like, great, this is going to be fun. It's going to be funny. It's going to be recreative. And instead we got this thing, what the ABC called cinematic pond scum, (laughs) which I tend to agree with, to be honest with you. And look, there's even flipping Ian McShane's in this movie. So is Mila Jokovic. She's not very good. But Ian McShane is a quality actor. Um, that's it. I think there's a lot of casting issues as well. Yeah, especially uh, what's the witch's name? Mila Jokovic. Mila Jokovic. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. She was. Nimue, I'm sorry, but she was queen. atrocious in this movie. <laughs> like I liked her in Fifth Element. I've liked her in all of the Resident <laughs> oh, Evils. Yeah, but th- this, I just, what was she doing? She was swinging for the fences. I really much. think she was bad. I think overall this movie suffered from a tone issue. Mm. They were pushing it to tell me if you agree with this. They were pushing to have a hard R, which basically means that it's R in Australia because lots of things are R in America. Um, very violent, very gory. <laughs> mm. And the movie opens up with basically it's like black and white and there's a crow that's pulling an eyeball out of a corpse. Yeah, and so already weird. we're setting the yeah. like tone. 
And then it's like- This is actually quite funny. <laughs> England, the Dark Ages, and for good effing reason. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Fair Should enough. I just put my brain in a box now while yeah. I watch this? Um, and that's what they try to go with the whole time is just this real like in your face gore and blood and like- Language. Yeah. And over the top action scenes and like just what seeing theory? everything. And it's just- I it, think the studio meddled with this so heavy, man. I feel like there's an agenda that they wanted to set. That, who's the studio? Um, Millennium. Yeah. Millennium. Not Legendary, who did no. the first yeah, two. But like, wh- what are they trying to set up? There's no oh, universe I, here to set up. I just still think there's a creative clash between... Because Neil yeah. Marshall, I feel like, can direct a f- fine, competent film. Yeah. I feel like there's just, yeah, elements here that was... Mm. Or maybe, look, who knows? Maybe it just was a very... Just a bad, confused script that has an identity crisis and doesn't know what it wants to be. I I wonder if that is the case because there's so many things that are from the comics that are just slapdash thrown in there. Yeah. Like, for example, there's one scene where Hellboy goes to Baba Yaga's chicken hut and encounters her and they have a fight and then he leaves and he smashes through, like, the roof. So, like, he's just appeared through, like, a portal and no one says boo. They're like, oh, are you not taking the step? Like, it's like, okay, what was the point of that? It's well, still not really said why Baba Yaga is even in this movie. Yeah. I could accept that happening in, say, movie three. Then we, we've got a grasp of why this always happens to him and he falls through these portals and it's always happening to him. But in movie one, it's like, I don't, I'm not understanding what's going on. Yeah, it, it really felt like they were just trying to cram as many um, touchstones mm. of the series into this movie. Like a best hits, hey? Yeah. Yeah, well, not mm. even really a best hits, just like, so like, hey, remember Bubba, Bubba Yaga? She's a real key component in the first couple of books. Here she is, and, oh. She's setting you know, up something for the future. Yeah, and you remember how, like, there's that one, like, crazy hero dude that's there when Hellboy gets summoned to Earth? Let's bring him in as, like, a random character, and let's just, you know, let's show Rasputin on screen, and let's show... Um, all these other his Nazi comrades there, and they're all in their proper uniform, like their their costumes and their getups, and it, like the over the top crazy ones, and they're all there, and they're just like, yep, okay, move on. I it's just names. I I yeah. or the fact that when I after we watched this movie, I was like, oh, why were the Nazis you know dressed so weirdly? The fact that they weren't even explained that they were, I didn't even know yeah. they were characters from the books. Yeah, so I knew they were. I because, was like, who is but, the guys with the masks on? I yeah, was like, because they're crazy. Like the guy with like the blue and red goggles, and mm. one of them's got a swastika yeah. directly over the eye. Yeah, and like the guy in the full gas mask and everything. Yeah. It's like that's impractical over the eye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, but so I looked at them. I was like, oh, that's those guys. I can't remember the names at the moment. <laughs> but like for you guys, you're like, what the hell was the point of that? Yeah. It's yeah, fancy. It, it felt slapdash is really the word that I yeah. would give this movie. Yeah, it was very muddled. This felt like it went for three hours, man. It was, it was long. So I don't know if it was. It was just it just dragged on. It it's two look, hours, yeah, man. It's two hours. That's long. And yeah, it, but for, for a bad for a bad movie, that's long. Like, yeah. Any competent movie can make that seem like a breeze, but. The fact that the momentum, that tr- every scene just goes at a breakneck pace because they're trying to speed it up because they know how much this movie drags. But the fact that the, every scene goes so fast and then it's just a all of a sudden we're in the next scene. Like yeah. we're in a, a wide, you know, camera shot, camera dolly on a drone of this, you know, lush green landscape with a cave and ocean. It's like, since when? Slow down, please. Yeah. I need to you know, gather my marbles. 
yeah, it's yeah, it's a red hot mess. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> red hot, get it? Red fire, <laughs> devil. Yeah, that's probably better than I can't even turn my brain off, man. Like it's just not even competently no. made. There's so many choices here yeah. that could have been so good, but it's just so cluttered and it's so messy and lacked consistency. Oh yeah. man, hundred percent. And even the, poor editing. The the R rating that it got given. Yes, there was a bit of gore, but it just felt like it ramped up in like the last ten minutes because yeah. like, oh wait, we did give this an R oh, rating, so yeah. let's just quickly shove in some Actually, blood and gore a, quickly. That's a good point. The so. It's very violent, but it's it's almost stylized to begin. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Zach? To I would begin say with? at the start, but you can handle stylized. it. It's like yeah. okay, I can understand. Well, it's very fantastic. It's, it's yeah. like a fantasy yes. film. It's fantasy. super yeah. stylized. Yeah, but then at the end, we're like, These okay, big- so spoilers. If you haven't seen it, or if you go, we're see it. we're recommending that you yeah. don't. To be honest, but you know, let's keep going. These demons get someone from the earth, and it is over the top, right. like completely unnecessary skinning people alive and tearing off heads and and it's not for like a long extended period of time it's literally <sighs> like here's three minutes of us doing messed up it's stuff. not even th- three you, minutes well dude. you know what i mean like it's, it's literally five shots after one another yeah and then it's never it's nowhere near as violent as that again no yeah as tyson put it they're like trailer shots yeah. it's like yeah they just made it like in fact oh. they, were, they were all in the trailer yeah all like, those shots. oh look at us haha ha, can, we can get very violent sometimes yeah can we talk about the storyline as well the whole king arthur, the whole king arthur thing yep <laughs> yeah let's please talk about that so the story starts off with what well, doesn't start off, it starts off with king arthur killing the witch and then you don't really hear much more about king arthur uh, the fact that he did it just and chat. that somehow if hellboy grabs excalibur he will then open the pits of hell. And the only reason he can open it is because somehow, randomly, he is a descendant of King Arthur. It was something, it's something like King Arthur's like sister or like niece it's, or it's aunt. King, was it so his it, wife? Or? Yeah, I don't, I'm no, trying so to it's figure King it out. Arthur's this is how son, bad it was son or daughter, which yeah. was then their son or daughter and then their blah, 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 down to their daughter who is in like a blood cult that yeah. then married a demon mm. and gave birth to Hellboy. Yeah. It was so, like, one second she's, like, staring out of a window while it's raining, and then the next section, no next session. She's getting her kid off in hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she's, like, in the forest, and there's this big demon with glowy eyes, and it's all red, and then before yeah. you know it, there's chains around, and she's giving birth, and it's like, oh, what is man. happening, man? Now, that story is not in the books. He's not a descendant of King Arthur. Okay, I have not read all of them. Yeah. But from my, because I've read through, like, some of the, like, the synopsis just, like, yeah on the internet and stuff like that. I don't think... I may be wrong. Someone, yeah, if you know, wrong. like, tweet us, let us know. I'm pretty sure that is not the case. Like, he, like Hellboy is a, um, a demon's child, mm. and he's got, like, his right hand, that stone hand, is actually a key mm. um, that'll unlock Ragnarok and everything like that. But I don't believe he's a descendant of King Arthur. Yeah. Because that, for me, was like, nah, that's it. We're done. I'm done with this film. We're out. When also the the wizard like summons Excalibur, which also that's not where it is. It's somewhere else. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, you didn't do it. Let me just quickly go through all this exposition for you and so oh that you all know. Gosh, but I'll just tail it off and say, thank goodness, I'm not going to be here when the world ends. Ian McShane, all he does is spout expositional dialogue. It's so lazy from a storytelling perspective. <laughs> like you just... You tell us us you think we're dumb as an audience. It's like we're not. Do you think it's filler in her as well? 
Oh, as in like redubs? Like yeah, like ADRs? the story's lacking, so let's make him say a whole bunch of stuff to keep oh, people up. Dude, the date. fact that you have to consider a character spew a bunch of this setup yeah. to your audience tells me that your film doesn't, or your story doesn't have enough substance, doesn't have enough there to actually yeah. tell the audience what to do. Yeah. You look at any film that uses visual storytelling to a key. You watch any Quentin Tarantino movie or any yeah. Christopher Nolan, any auteur movie, any just competently made film, they find a way of not spouting information to the it audience. It explains itself through the story exactly, alone. Exactly, yeah. dude. It explains it through the setting, it explains it through the characters. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be to that. It can be... It doesn't have to be spoken. It can be... Well, not even that. There might be a conversation like, oh, what happened to you and this character? It's like, oh, don't you remember we broke up after this time? Like, that might be a conversation mentioned yeah. whilst they're doing something. Yeah. We can make connections and be like, oh, that person's in this. It's, <sighs> it frustrates me, man. It's like, how can... I genuinely can't believe that people can make these decisions. Like, yeah. I, I can't even do like what we've done before where we've, you know, we've trash talked movies and gone like, look, we shouldn't really be doing it because, you know, X, Y, and like, found the like redeeming quality. Yeah, but no, end. this movie can go and go to hell. <laughs> I w- hey, <laughs> I would be really interested to know what yeah, Mike Mignola, the creator yeah. of Hellboy, thinks of this movie. Mm, because, still, yeah. sorry, what were you going to say? I was just, no, I was just going to say, I think something's up with the production with this movie. How do you think the actors feel when they finally saw the screening of it? Dude, that's what I'm trying to, like, I, there must have been something behind the scenes that went on. Because, again, I can't think someone in yeah. their right mind would actually do this, like, yeah. creatively. I like, did read there was a lot of tension on the set. Yeah. And producers, people walking off yeah. and it's... Uh, Which makes sense. Because, again, Mike, you know, who's the man? Neil Marshall, he's directed competent movies. So, mm. it doesn't lead me to believe that this is something on the cause of them. Yeah. Like it, again, I think it's... My opinion is it's some studio meddling thinking. No, yeah. we know how to make movies because they make us money. Mm. And this is our investment. So, we need to do it this way and that yeah. way because we know what the audience I'm wants. I'm fronting the money. So, you exactly. will do as I say. And if you don't yeah. like it, there's the door. Sorry, what were you going to say, Tyson, before I ranted? Oh, no. I was just going to say, I'd be very interested to know what... Mike McDonald thinks of this, who's creative Hellboy, because this is, because the other thing, like this story is basically, if you've seen the original Hellboy by Guillermo del Toro, Mm. um, which I'll happily watch again now, both of them, over this one. Um, It's basically the exact same plot, but with a different antagonist and not the familiar characters. Yeah. So instead of having Abe and, um, what's the fire lady? Goodness. Terrible fan here. Um, You you like love Hellboy. This Sherman. Instead of having Abe and Liz Sherman there, you have Alice, who actually, I actually really liked Alice. I thought she was good. I know Zach didn't like the British lady. Yeah, that was Alice. <laughs> she could not stop blabbling on a bunch of dumb stuff. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I okay, turned to Andrew so many times and yeah. I was, oh my god, Her superpower is a bit weird as well, like spouting yeah. ghosts out but of the, her mouth. But they always <laughs> are. Like one of them in the first story is a- But it just happens, a, dude. It just yeah. happens out of nowhere. It's mm. like, what? You can do this now? Oh, I but guess so. Ciao. It's like- Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't yeah. know. But like weird powers is like, like the guy who is the were leopard. Yeah. Like that. That I was like, yep. I'm that totally got explained that. very quickly as well. Like, I went to the jungle and there was this thing and then it scratched yeah, me and also, now I'm it. But also, until like, flashback of he survives and no one else does. Like, it just, yeah. it doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, anyway. I can't even redeem this one. So, yeah, I feel like... Don't go and watch this one. Leave it away yeah. from your visual aspects. Just yeah. and I know, And I know Mike Mignola, like, he was involved in the in the production of the first two. He co-wrote the second one. Yeah. Um. So... It wasn't just based off of that. It was a whole new story that they yeah. wrote together. No, yeah, yeah. Whereas I don't 
think, I don't know this for certain, but I don't think he's a producer in this one or something. I think he's maybe... No, he's just credited as based on the Dark Horse comics. Yeah. Imagine if we actually finally get a tweet saying how ridiculous we are about this movie. Well, it's a ridiculous movie. No, saying how ridiculous we are for poo-pooing it. No. (laughs) No I just just feel bad for... I feel bad for David Harper. Like he does such yeah. a, he does such a he's good a, job as Hellboy. He's a good actor, yeah, man. He's good. He did a really good job as Hellboy, I've, and I just feel genuinely yeah. just. I felt he did everything right. I felt he did his research. He even went and sat down with our last Hellboy, had dinner with him to discuss Ron it. Yeah, he went and saw him. You know, kind of passing on the baton. He had funny quips. Like he was yeah. doing everything right. He especially he was good. The aspect <laughs> of the character and how he's at war with himself. He doesn't yeah. know who to be. But the writing here, man, it's just it doesn't give him any no. room to work with. What and we should do is reboot Hellboy again, keep David Harbour, and then bring everyone else new yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this just, they, yeah. Uh, they could do. They could do. They could do. So, so that was Hellboy. Yeah. Um, none of us think you should see it. No. Go and see us or Shazam instead. Yes. Yeah. Or if you listen to this in two days' time. Or after the 24th. <laughs> yep. Go see Endgame. Go see Endgame. Avengers. Endgame. Yeah. So that is what we're going to be talking about um, next. next week, next you know, couple of days, really, probably. That's yeah. um, all I'm probably going to talk about. Yeah. And I guess we will see you then. Yeah. You got anything else you want to say about these movies? No. No. no really. No. 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 I apologize once again for my sickness. I have yeah. no control over it. Apologize for the lengthy yeah. time between episodes as well. This is also why we like to end on a movie that we're actually yeah. excited about as opposed to <laughs> Hellboy. We're like, Ugh. Oh, yes. Blah. How do we end? Oh, yeah. Yes, you'll see you next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, usual spiel. If you like us, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to your podcast. Spotify yeah. as well. Um, yep. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell anyone you want. You can tweet at us at SRTW Podcast. <laughs> tell a random on the street. Yep. Until please do. You. Until then, we will Stop see that. you next time Listen, where we are talking about Avengers, which will be better than Hellboy. We will see you then. I'm Tyson. I'm Andrew. And I'm Zach. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.